Of the NRL Supercoach All Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back again post first buy, and it was a pretty big round for a lot of coaches that planned, and a pretty big round for a lot of coaches that didn't, with a lot of drops and stuff. But coming on the podcast this week, after getting Luke on last week, I thought we'd get Billy on because I love to talk to Billy about the buys too, and he missed out on the buy chat the last couple of weeks. So, Billy, welcome back, mate. Good to have you, especially after we've had a head to head against each other in the buy round. You could have at least waited an hour before you brought that up. Peace, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Yeah, yeah, that one didn't go so well, mate. It's uh, planning. Planning is good, but only if you get the right captaincy choice. Otherwise, it kind of negates the the whole point of planning, doesn't it? Yeah, I was pretty happy. I was aiming for a thousand. I wanted to get a one k pluser in the buy round, but I ended up on a one thousand forty eight. So I was pretty. Pretty happy with that. Having said that, look, I did go up a fair bit, but I, I thought I might have gone up a bit more than what I did. So I think there was quite a bit of pretty good buy planning out there, and there were some decent scores despite some of the games probably not being as high scoring. That last game, especially with your reels, mate, there was a lot of points in that. Yeah, it certainly was. A lot, a lot from unexpected players as well, like uh, Michael Blake and those sorts of blokes you, you wouldn't normally have that are not too many would have had those. It was. Uh... One of the, uh, I was going to say semi-redrata then, one of the also the Sivo and Gutho type shows. Oh, that sounds like a Barnsley team build, Sivo and Gutho. I was ready for that one. <laughs> yeah, he did well, mate. Maddo came back as well this week, which was nice to see. I thought that he might have gone a 90-plusser, and he ended up going pretty well too. It's the return of the old Madison. Oh, starting with 30 points early was pretty good. It just got rid of the nerves, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it was actually an interesting round because obviously... You know, there was games like that Storm game where people thought that they were going to absolutely kill it, and I certainly did. Like, when I got Jerome Hughes in, I thought, cool, Jerome Hughes and Nico Hines, those guys are going to smash it, because the Titans looked pretty bad. And then in that first half, like, the Titans looked really bad. And then, you know, the second half, the Storm ended up only scraping through with a six-point win and did nothing in the second half. So that was like an absolute dud of a game, and that's what can happen in the buy round too. Like, you can, you can get a game that's so below the normal scoring patterns, that it just really kills the scoring potential in the round. And that was that was one of those ones. Yeah, it depends on your forwards too. Like like you gotta you gotta you gotta have um, good forwards generally to get some good momentum in a half, so there's no point just getting a guy for one game if he's not gonna if all the forwards are in origin then that's one of the one of the questions you need to ask yourself when you when you're getting when you're holding guys like Walker for round two. Like um actually that was the question I was gonna ask you. Who did you sell to um, get Hughes? Was it um, Cleary or did you get rid of Walker? No, I went for the Cleary, mate. So uh, last week I obviously spoke about it with, in depth with Luke on the podcast uh, and chatted to a, a lot of people about it. And I got a lot of... Quick, I'm not going to say I copped heat for it. I, I got a lot of questions about it afterwards. Uh, and I specifically said to people, look, I'm not recommending this. Like This isn't something where I'm saying it's a slam dunk, but I think it's a calculated risk oh, yeah, to do sure. it because I because I don't think that Cleary's going to play this week, and, and thankfully he hasn't been named in the seven jersey, which helps ease my ease my mind a little bit on it. But yeah, so I sold Cleary, and basically enough, like just dead weight. I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who was terrible that I just needed to cull for my team. And I got Jerome Hughes and uh, Ben Hunt in. Yeah, that's right. That was Simkin. 
So I got rid of Simkin from the Tigers and got Ben Hunt in at hooker. And I got rid of Cleary at half and put Jerome Hughes in. And I ended up with 200k spare in the bank, which means I can basically turn a, a, a blur into a TKO this week or something like that if I wanted to. Yeah, plus a couple hundred points or something rather for your trouble, which is good. Yeah, I just did the... I, I was going to do the same thing, get rid of Cleary, and I kind of figured, you know what... He's one of the few guys who can go 200, so I'll just leave him there because so it would have been um, sell Walker instead. Then I just started tossing up. Do I not play Walker between now and round 17 and then play him most of the Bulldogs, or do I back myself to get Hughes and get him for a couple of games? And in the end, just decided look, Jerome Hughes. I know he's going on a tear, but he needs to go over the line in order to score around so 80 odds. So I just kind of figured ah, I'll hold off, but we'll see how it pans out in three or four weeks. But I think you're way ahead at the moment. Yeah, it worked out well. I'm pretty happy with the decision right now. Uh, but we'll wait and see the next month of footy on how that actually pans out. So on today's podcast, everyone, we're going to go through a little bit of a strategy chat and discussion like we normally do and, and talk a bit more about the buy round that just was, uh, what our trading strategies are going to be at the moment and so forth. Then we're going to go into the numbers, go into the players, do our farming for uh, the cheapies and the value players, going through the guns, the bargain bin and the pot of the week and the pod risks, big balls, pot options. And then we'll go through the TLT roundup quickly just on basic VCC options. Do you need to mention our fantastic partner, Top Sport? So All Size Podcast is partnered with Top Sport. Top Sport is a fantastic 100% Australian-owned bookie. If you want to take a bet with NRL or with any other sports or even racing, Top Sport often have the best odds in the market that you'll be able to get plenty of at any time and first time try scorers for NRL for instance I always find they're a lot better on top sports so great betting agency to get get involved with but if you are going to do so do it responsibly but make sure you use a promo code to open account the promo code for this podcast is SC All Stars. If they know that you're one of our listeners, they'll take really good care of you. So jump on Top Sport if you want to have a punt. They're a fantastic betting agency, 100% Australian owned. Now let's get on with the podcast. Billy, talking about strategy and uh, reviewing the buy round. We've had a bit of a chat about it just then, but it's a really big round this week and something that I spoke to Luke about trading strategies probably a couple of weeks prior to this week coming up is that this round 14 really shapes up as a mini buy round. There was a um, big chance that a lot of teams were going to be short. Uh, we've got, obviously, team lists in now. And guys like uh, Marnie and Schuster are both injured. Guys like Osaka have been dropped. And then on top of that, a lot of Origin players are probably going to be out. Uh, you've got the six-odd Panthers that have basically been revealed to uh, be out by uh, Stephen Crichton's quote of saying that they're expecting them not to play. Uh, and that was quoted today and passed around everywhere, so a lot of people probably saw it. Obviously, you know, Penrith might be planning on none of them to play, but maybe a couple of them do, but it does bode well that none of them were named to actually start. You've obviously got some other guys that could be late pullouts like Turbo and so forth. So at the end of the day, I think there's going to be a lot of teams, Billy, this week that are going to be short on players, uh, maybe not be able to field a 17. And that really comes into the trading aspect of things, doesn't it? Because... You're probably going to have to, because with guys named in jerseys sort of 18 to 21 that are playing Origin that can come in or, or may not, or guys that could drop out of the starting 17 for one of those uh, backups to come in, you're really going to have to hold your trades during the round, and you're really, with a lot of teams, probably going to have to not trade guys that are able-bodied players that are going to get on the park this week, because if you're trading, you know, if you've got 17 or 18 guys and you're trading two guys that you don't want anymore, like a Barnett and Watson, for instance, 
and they're playing, and then all of a sudden you end up getting hit with five outs at the late outs. You, know, you could end up with 15 or 16 players on the field and you burned your trades. So it, it's a pretty interesting and tough week coming up. Yeah, that's why we talked about having depth as a key strategy coming with the buys. Yeah, happy with, happy with my team at the moment, but I've, yeah... Exactly what you're saying, mate. When you're getting rid of those guys at short notice, um, you're probably better off making sure you're having a, a strong 17 and then uh, ensuring you've got guys like 2-0 and a Cleary on the bench. So hopefully you might get one late inclusion. Surely they're not going to have all of them out. You never know. They are they are that far ahead in the comp. And if the loss isn't really going to do them too, too, much, too much damage, I suppose. Yeah, look, I'd be really surprised. I'm, I made the comment today on a couple of different threads that um, you know I could see Liam Martin maybe backing up because he's a bench forward. He's probably the most likely. Uh, but those starting guys, I, I wouldn't be surprised if none of them back up. I, I can't see the reasoning behind pushing a Cleary in when he's so important uh, with a, a Luai and a Brian Toto. You know, those guys haven't played an Origin game before, so their first one, they're really going to feel it. And to ask them to go from debuting in an Origin game, which is going to be up in Queensland, to then backing up and playing two days less than two days later, I just don't see why Ivan Cleary would do it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's the the uh, North Queen, North Queensland versus um sort of mid Queensland versus uh flying back two days later. Yeah, so there's you know there's a lot of factors. I I think what Billy said pretty pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think that you should be putting those Origin guys on the bench, seeing what you've got left, and then trading from that onwards to make sure that you can plug those Origin guys in if they do get named. But if they don't get named, that you've got a, at least a decent 17. Or if, even if you are um, at an absolute bare minimum and you have to play them anyway um, or take the risk, make sure you have them as the reserve. So if they're worst case scenario, if they're out, you're not stuck with your know, sort of walker at reserve and then clearing a starting spot and having all of a sudden having three, three guys that you can't move around. Yep, definitely. Um, Billy, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I'm looking at trades a little bit differently now and then I can... I can uh, get your feedback on that and you can tell me how you're looking at them. But one of the things that I've started to turn around this week, and I kind of had a uh, a mini debate with Wilfred and, and, and Luke about this um, because we were chatting and I sort of went off my whole, you know, get guys, get centre wings in or backs in, rotate them, rotate them out, uh, ride the streaks and so forth. I'm really big on that, but I've started to lose out on my trade volume that I, you know, would prefer to have a lot more trades than what I do at the moment. So... I'm now needing to sort of segue from that strategy a little bit and say, well, centre wing, I probably don't have a huge amount of ability to keep doing that because I don't have the trades to burn. And I kind of made that decision last week, you know, by trading out someone like Cleary, the downside of it is that I do have to make room for a trade to get him back in. So I sort of looked at it and went, well, because of that, like I want strike backs, but I probably don't want to be trading them out again. Um, so guys that we are going to talk about in depth, but we won't go into now, you know, uh, AJ versus Daniel Tupo, you know, and I, I made the point to Wilfred, well, you know, AJ, I think is a good buy, but I don't want to, I don't want to finish the season with him. I don't want him post that round 17 buy. I do want Daniel Tupo post that round 17 buy. So I'm happy to get him in and play him and keep him. And I don't know if I've got enough trades left to be able to get those guys out and get someone who I want in for the run home. So that sort of made me do a bit of a U-turn on my strategy now, which you need to do during the season. Like, I would implore everybody to not think they've got to stick hard and fast to one strategy all year. You've really got to be able to change gears, and that's one of the gears that I'm going to be changing um, with trying to get guys in that I can keep the whole way. And secondly and lastly, 
I'm looking towards that round 17 buy, and that's something that me and Luke spoke about last week, that, you know, we did a bit of a buy special podcast a week out, looking at the top players in each position, but really, you should have been doing this for the past month before the buy at least, and now we are a month away from the next buy, you know, you really should be buy planning now pretty hard, so a lot of the guys that I'm targeting, you know, if they can tick a box of playing round 17, and a guy that I also want to keep for the run home, so I don't have to burn a second trade to get them out. That's that's my main priority at the moment as far as my trades. Yeah, agree. Um, the only thing there is a bloke like sort of Alex Johnson, you can pretty much play for the next seven weeks because he's got a soft draw for pretty much half the run home. So um, at his price, I really wouldn't be concerned about um, doing it to a bloke like him. But if you're down to what? What, what's what's the map, what's the minimum, minimum trades probably ten now or eleven or something else? Twelve um, maybe. Actually, probably eleven. I've, I've burnt every single one every week except for one. So you probably cut it pretty fine right now, um, given the fact that you, most people need to get uh, for feedback at a minimum. Minimum there's two trades because you're gonna have to burn one to get the cash for it. So that leaves you at eight. You're gonna have to leave a couple for emergency. So. And you probably look at every, everyone's probably looking at getting sort of Harry Grant or Papin Houston back at some point once they're healthy because those guys are going to go ballistic. So you're probably only looking at having maybe four or five up your sleeve. Um, so yeah, if you're in that situation, you'd probably want to focus on the, uh, wouldn't say two, two bows for me, but maybe like the Garricks of the world that you know are going to score 20, 25 points in goal kicking when, uh, Turbo's back. Um, yeah, you're just going to be careful as high break even still. A guy like Garrick's got a real soft draw coming up. He's got that massive score, and he's uh, he's got a break even of 66 or something, or something this week, and a massive uh, ton in there. So he could have a huge break even next week before he has that dogs game. So just have the foresight of looking looking down the uh, down down the traps a couple of games before you sort of pick and choose because the 20 30 grand you save here and there could have to, could add up to 200 over the next sort of three weeks. Yeah, and we talk about planning and, and planning your trades ahead and everything, and that's really important, uh, and it's a definitely a big deal when you're thinking ahead. Certainly for me, when I'm looking ahead, uh, one of the things that I'm looking at is, you know, round 17 probably isn't as good a buy round as far as the options that I want to get in as what round 13 was. And round 13, I probably had a few more, a few more trades that I could throw at the stumps for the buy round. Whereas round 17, I've kind of decided, look, I, you know, I had round, I had 14 for round 13. I'd probably rather have maybe 11 for round 17 and just make sure it's a real strong 11 because that way it doesn't matter if I have to keep eight or nine of them. I'll keep eight or nine of those guys. So I'm really picking the teeth out of round 17 for all the keepers. And those keeper guns I can keep in or even, Sort of semi guns like a CHN that might might stick around and whatever, and that's okay. Um, and I think that that's kind of got to be the strategy for a lot of teams. I don't think that you're going to make as much ground in round 17 potentially, and I don't think that there is as much room to be able to get guys in and be able to trade them out again like you probably could for the round 13 buys. So I'm looking at that one a little bit differently in that regard. I just want sort of a premium. 11 out of that round 17. Yeah, same. Um, that's probably about the max number I'm going to have, but I'm, I'm contemplating not even having blokes like Tobolalo in there because he just doesn't seem to get the minutes. Um, it's, a diff- it's a different game. The Cowboys are pretty ordinary at the moment, so I'm, I'm contemplating just having um, probably uh, three or four guys like your, your Harawira Naira and your, your Tony Harris current current types, maybe throw, throw in a decent half in some, um Nick Arima maybe, 
and then just having a couple out, outside backs like Garrick and Johnson who can hopefully go ballistic and maybe score sort of 100 or 110, like, like uh, I was going to say Redrata. <laughs> like, who's, who's my yes boy? Sivo! <laughs> like Sivo like, like, like did last week, mate. We're probably going to go that route and just have a quality 10. I mean, you saw what happened in um, round 13 with people that had sort of 15, 14, 15 players. Spencer, like, Izarko, 18 points. Spencer, bugger all. Um, I know that Stefano did all right, but, yeah. yeah. How about the guys that, that waited on stains? Can I just, can we just gloat in a little bit of pre-season glory here? <laughs> how we, we were like, you know what's going to yeah. happen? Guys are going to pay money for stains. They're going to lose money on stains. He's going to be really disappointing, and they're going to hold him for that buy round, and they're going to get eight points out of him. Well, you got nine points, I think, so <laughs> maybe you got upgraded a little bit more. You know, like, it's just so bad when that happens to Yeah, you. I was praying when you got ballistic. I saw him about four or five weeks ago, too. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I think, um, some people, some people went well with him. They, um, they, they, he, we scored 100 or 110 or 120 or something the week before, didn't he? But I think people that actually had depth didn't play him, and there were a few that were struggling a little bit and had to play him. We got a little bit lucky there, but, um, yeah, mate, it's the, uh, peaks and troughs of the super coach. One of the other things that I mentioned to, to Wilfred and Luke in our discussion, because they were a bit perplexed on, you know, why I didn't want to um, get guys in and trade them out in the centre wing and stuff. And I was explaining my my, my renewed strategy on uh, now focusing a bit differently and not having the trades to do that and so forth. At this point of the season, being past the halfway point, I think squads are really strong. Um, so, like, I was looking at Daniel Tupo, for instance, and we'll talk about that a bit later. And, you know, I mentioned to Wilfred, yeah, after this week, he's got a hard two weeks, but... I'm going to have, like, six gun centre wings. So, like, two of them have to get benched anyway. So we're at a point now where you can just say, well, I want to play him this week, I want to play him in the bye, and I want to keep him. And I'm going to be benching two gun centre wings now anyway. And I guess that's the that's thing with the rotation now. You can have a rotation in your side with a lot of these positions where you're going to have to make the big calls now, where you're going to have an 18th, 19th, 20th, even 21st man that are guns pretty shortly, if not now, and then you all of a sudden have to start making those big decisions. Uh, obviously, this week we don't have a, a Brian Toto in. You know, Next week I can bring in a Brian Toto and replace a Tupo and, and have another centre wing on the bench that's probably a gun as well. You know, So it, it's a little bit easier in that regard because you're going to be benching guys off and on anyway, and I think that a lot of teams are going to have more depth. If you don't have more depth at this point, Billy, I think that's definitely what you should be aiming for. And if you've got some mid-tier guys... That aren't really guys that you thought that you, you wanted to keep, but you don't have much depth. I would be keeping them and trying to build up depth because I think you're really going to need it. Oh, depth is great, but uh, it's starting to come out to bite people on your ass. The people that have Burbo, <laughs> I, I hope he gets more than sixty seconds this week, just in case we need to loot. But uh, I might be playing a little bit more, more cautious this week and just probably just chuck it straight on Gutho or something or other. Oh, I loved my C Gutho, but I tell you what, I had the C on Sivo pretty much all week, and part of it was because I was really thinking about it, but part of it as well was because I was like, I don't want a couple of my head-to-heads to know that I'm going to switch over to Gutho. And then when I went to do it, it was like five minutes before kickoff, and I was like, oh, I kind of really wanted to leave it on Sivo. No, I wish no I you can't. You know, even in hindsight, mate, that's just an insane call. It, you, you, yeah. The, the minute he scores 25, it completely negates all the good work you've done, and everyone that didn't buy plan all of a sudden catches up with you. It's, it's not worth the risk. Yeah, that's why I didn't risk it, basically. Look, let's get into the player chat, because everyone loves hearing about the players and deep diving a little bit into them. Uh, first off, I'll have a quick chat about the, the cheapies. Now, I'm going to say outright here, 
I, I don't think that people, myself, should be focusing on cheapies at this point. I think that you should have enough money. Um, so there is a couple of cheapies coming up, like a Shoop and um, the, the Bulldogs back line, um, a minus 26 BE. Um, Tarn Milne, who could end up playing round 17, I guess, and then maybe even disappearing. So he's your old boy. But I, I wouldn't be focusing on those type of guys. I don't think that anyone should really be going for the cheapies. But the guy that I would get is a Suali. And I think that he's definitely the cheapie of the week. So Joseph Suali isn't in the starting 17 at the moment, but there's an extremely good chance that he's going to be in that side because anyone in that back line drops out and he's straight in, and there's a very good chance that Teddy is rested. And if Teddy is rested, Suali's straight in. He's got a minus 40 BE. His base price, he's scored 33 and 74 the last two weeks. He's got a 30 raw base. Looks good. Um, and he's a guy that has a couple of hard games after this week, but then plays around 17 by against the Bulldogs, where he definitely will play in a prime matchup. And then he's he's going to get some sporadic game time after that, and you could even have him as sort of your last centre wing that you keep and that you play uh, against some of these sides, like the Broncos and Dragons and so forth that the Roosters have coming up as well. So I, I do see Suali as one of those cheapies that you'd still go after. Um, and he, he has looked pretty impressive with a 54 average across his two games. So he's definitely the guy to get on this week. I guess the question for you, Billy, is it provide you agree with me on him being that good as far as cheapies go. You know, do you think the teams need to be getting him in or would you say that you can dismiss him and not worry about it? I wouldn't be missing him, mate. Um, there's a reason the uh, Chooks are after him. Mate, the, kid, the kid's a prodigy. He just seems to be so cool, calm and collected out there. He does nothing, and then all of a sudden he gets the ball as tackle bus, tackle bus, offload and some quick points. Um, I, I think the fact that Crichton, Crichton's back adds to the uh, uh, attacking prowess. I know he's on left side, but Suwali will end up playing the right side if he goes. Walker's had, a, Walker's had a couple of weeks off now, so he's rested a little bit more. Even if Teddy's not back, doesn't matter. Joseph Manu, Manu's great at fullback, but his kick returns are brilliant. I think Chooks have had a couple of weeks, so they got you got the that that forward pack's had a bit of a rest as well. TKO um, will be back in the mix there. I just think the Chooks are just going to have a little bit of a resurgence, mate. And if Suwali's going to score some points, it's going to be with this Chooks pack, not the one that was sort of absolutely decimated sort of four weeks ago. Yeah, one of the things that I like about him, you know, across his two games, he's averaging two and a half tackle breaks a game, and he's averaging about thirteen runs a game. That's pretty good. And he's gone in and had some work in there as well, where he hasn't been afraid to take the hit-ups. And he's also got a line break in each of his two games. So he's been pretty impressive. And and the draw after that um, Melbourne-Penrith double that they've got after, right before that buy, is actually you know pretty decent for the Roosters and opens up a little bit. So yeah, I think that he's a prime trade-in for this week. And that's why I'm glad that I already had him. Uh, I know that Luke mentioned... Um, you know, he kind of looked at trying to have him before this week. If he had a spare trade last week, he was maybe going to get him in because he knew that he was going to play at some point uh, and definitely play in that buy round. So I think that a lot of teams that don't have him are going to be a bit hamstrung because they're going to have to get him in this week before he rockets up in price. And that kind of handcuffs them a little bit, doesn't it? Because then you can't make sort of two gun trades or, or another trade that you'd like to do. You've got to get the cheapy Suali in and then also just the one, the one gun maybe. Yeah, there's a couple of schools of thought uh, to him. Number one... By owning him all season, he's one, he's one of the trades that you save, which is great. But there's also the argument there, you know, that if you're lucky enough to take the punt with someone like uh, Saab or Simo or someone who's actually who's actually made coin, he's the perfect out. I mean, if there's no other cheapie going around at the moment, then you're forced to kind of downgrade to someone else that you don't want. So 
Look, um, if you don't aim, I'd 100% get him. If you do aim and you're looking for an out, I'd be going one of the other guys, like uh, like not, not nothing out to um, I actually would be nothing out to um, uh, time mill. You got to have one nothing at some point, and if you're gonna have gonna have one, may as well be a tackle busting offloading jewel that's gonna play the next buy round. Yeah, Milne's an interesting one because he probably will play that buy round, and he has looked half decent. He has got a bit of talent. Um, and he's holding Mansour out at the moment, and Mansour hasn't looked particularly well. And if he does play that buy round and you get him at that cheap price, um, as a jewel as well, he's going to work out quite well. Is, just, just quickly, is Mansour injured, or is he just out of favour for Milne? Because you've still got Jackson Paul to come back as well. He's out of favour, mate. He's um, yeah. he, He's already been dropped a couple of times now, and he just... Look, he looks slow defensively. He doesn't look that good. His work rate isn't even up to stand on what it normally used to be, and he can't finish. And it's, I think that I, I said to a South fan today that I think that it's a really big ballsy call to drop Josh Mansour after paying all that money for him. But I think Wayne Bennett kind of showed his experience in doing it a couple of times because I think it was the right call. You know, I think they are better off without him. Yeah, fair enough. Let's talk about the guns. A bit more exciting. Get the guns out. Cody Walker's the first one on the list. I'm really, really excited for Cody Walker this week. He's only in 17% of teams at the moment. And he's down to 533000 which is reasonably cheap for Cody Walker. Uh, 122k off what his starting price was at. A lot of people say, look, Cody Walker's had a, a disappointing season. And to a degree that he has. Um, but he's, he's still at gun status at the moment. And he's still 35 on averages with a 68 point average. So that's not too bad for Cody Walker for a season that he probably hasn't gone as well as what you would hope. Now he does have a three round average of 72 and he does have a good matchup coming up against the Newcastle Knights who obviously were absolutely annihilated by your Eels last week. Now he's gone 83, 52, 81 his last three. And in fact, three out of his last five, he's gone at 80 plus. It was just brought down a lot by a 16 point outing against the Melbourne Storm, which you can probably forgive him for. But overall, you know, he's got that 16 point score this, this year, Billy, as his lowest. His next lowest score is actually 57, uh, sorry, 52 against Penrith. So it's pretty remarkable for someone who used to have such a really bad floor that uh, 11 out of his 12 games have been 50 plus. It's just that he hasn't had any of those huge explosions yet, with his biggest game being 95. So you kind of get the feeling that the big numbers are going to start to roll. And his opposition, you know, up until post-buy, is actually exceptional. So if he doesn't get picked for Origin, Newcastle, Broncos, West Tigers, plays the Cowboys in the buy round, then the Bulldogs, the Warriors, the Dragons... And then round 21 is the first time that he hits anyone that's really cemented in the top eight as a top eight side in the Parramatta Eels. So the, the draw for South at the moment has now become absolute mint for the next two months of footy. Uh, I really like Cody Walker um, to throw him in. And one of the good things is he isn't someone that a lot of teams jump on. And I, he hasn't had one of his tons yet. And you know that he's going to get at least one or two before the season's out. Yeah, the only thing is that he's, he's generally for one or two, I, I don't see him as, um, like he's not an Nathan Cleary type that's going to be consistent up there. He, he is volatile. Um, he's, he is the sort of guy that you're going to want to have in, in the next few weeks because you know he's going to chuck up, chuck up in big ones soon. I'm just praying it's not going to be a 200 before, before earning, you know, but if you had to pick one this week, 
look, if Alex Johnson is going to go big, it's going to be because Cody's feeding him, but Cody's going to be feeding the, the assists, whereas um, Johnson's the one that's got the zero break-even at the moment. So if I was going to pick one, I'd probably go Johnson this week and then just maybe next week or the, or the, or the week after. Um, there is a small chance that he might even play the next Origin, although it's a very, very small chance. It just depends on how we go game one and two, I suppose. Yeah, and we'll go through Johnson's numbers in a little bit um, when we get to him. But, uh, I, I mean, do you think there's a better half? If you needed a 5'8 or, or even a halfback and you got some jewels, do you think that there's a better option this week? I mean, I, I like Munster, but there's no guarantee he's going to play. Um, and he's also coming back from injury as well. So Walker's probably the best sort of choice. Um, if I owned Watson, though, I'd probably just keep playing him just for this week, though, um, and worry about filling, filling in the positions like uh, Barnett, who you know is going to possibly score 43 again, or, get it, or filling in Brian Tuo's out this week, so filling in that fourth centre three-quarter spot so you're not going to stuck with an AE. I think those are the more pressing sort of trades this week. We, we talked about it sort of 10, 15 minutes ago. Don't trade out, you know, the, the guns that, for fear of falling short this week. So that's the only reason I'm not one walking this week. I just want to make sure I've got a staple, um, staple team over the park first, and then I'll worry about him next week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fair call if you want to concentrate on other positions. Um, I'm really, I'm really wanting to concentrate on the backs that I want to get in first because I just feel like that there can be uh, the big scores that that hit there. Um, one of the things with Cody Walker is last year that he just finished the year on fire and it was very much a sort of uh, mid-origin resurgence um, right around this point. Um, you know, he had his first ton wasn't until round 12 and he had three tons um, between round 12 and round 20. So he ended up with 113, 102 and 203 and he basically was hitting a ton every three games to finish off the season. Uh, so he... He finished off the season on absolute fire. I mean, it's it's remarkable what he did, but he's had a very, very similar trajectory this year where his first half has been really solid, but he hasn't exploded. He hasn't got any tons. And his second half last year, he absolutely went ballistic. So I'm going to bank on that with their draw. Um, I think their draw is really good. I think he's my number one purchase this week. I can't see myself not getting him in. But let's talk about uh, a little bit of a more controversial one. Another favourite of mine. Uh, he is a consideration for me this week, and that's Daniel Tupo. Now, we've spoken about Toops a, a little bit before. Um, he's starting to become a bit more prevalent now because he obviously didn't get named in the Origin team. Um, so he's not going to play Origin at the moment unless there's injuries. And that's that's great for that cover. Um, and we mentioned that the Roosters in this in the buy round actually have a premium matchup against the Bulldogs. So having someone like Tupo in that buy round is, is going to be pretty crucial if you want a big score. Toops has gone 101-64-65 in his last three weeks, and he actually has two tons in his last five games, 102-101. So his five-round average is 76, his three-round average is 77. He's got a 97 BE, but he's coming up against the Gold Coast Titans this week. He's expensive at 588000 Um Has one of the best raw bases in the business, so currently at 32. Billy, uh, I said that I want some premium back points this week. Gold Coast Titans looked pretty poor last week at times. Um, then Melbourne sort of were pretty poor themselves. But the Titans, all in all, I think could give up a lot of points this week. I, I would expect Tupo to probably get a double. And I think that he's a special to sort of go 90-plus again. 
Uh, I'm, I'm really keen on it this week, knowing that it's tough matchups after that, but then I've got a number ticked off for round 17. So I understand people waiting on tips. Like, you can wait until round 17, and that's what Wilfred made the comment about when I was chatting to him about it. That's fine. Like, I get it. Wait until round 17. But this week, say I need a center wing right now, and I want them to have a big score this week, and I want cover for round 17. I'm hard-pressed, aside from AJ, who we're going to talk about a bit later, finding too many of those other guys that, that are going to tick those boxes. Yeah, he's certainly got kick return capability. That's why I like his sort of six, uh, 660 scores. Seem pretty soft. I'm not sure I'd be targeting him this early, but he's got a couple of tough games coming up. Um, and you've got to keep in mind that there is the risk too that, you know, Brian, Brian 2-0, like, doesn't do well in origin. Like, the guy is not six, six foot six, like Tupo is, but what, what happens if we, um, if he gets absolutely demolished on, on, under, under a high ball or doesn't make the meters and all of a sudden, He'd, uh, Freddie decides to bring him back. Then all of a sudden you've gone, you've gone gun ho on a guy that's, you know, got a hard draw and is out again in three weeks. So I'd, play, I'd be playing it a little bit safer with a bloke like him. If you're going to pull the trigger, I'd pull the trigger on one of those other blokes first. Like, you know, your, uh, the, the Johnston or the Garrick sort of type first. If Valentine's Holmes was, um, was guaranteed to play this week, I'd probably even go a bloke like, like, like him over him first. Um, that's just, that's, that's just my take. I just think there's other other options available with sort of decent breakings you could probably go th- go through first. So you've obviously got there the Johnson, Corey Howard, and Nara. You got uh, Walker. I think there's those are sort of the three options that I would I, I would prefer before even, even looking at Tupo. And from a personal situation, I mean you, you've got um, if you've got um, Suwali who in, ends up playing, you, you're going to be wanting them to go right side, not left. So you don't want to be splitting the chooks in half. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of, I see it as a bit of an opportunity with Toops because he's only 4% owned at the moment. So he's also, you know, an extreme pod this week. So if you can get a ton out of a 4% owned player this week, uh, that's pretty big. And, you know, it's, it's an unconventional purchase. Um, certainly, you know, the, the blueprint of how you buy players and, and everything is sort of, you know, high break even, um, don't need him till round 17. Uh, hasn't got good matchups after this week. Conventional super coach blueprint, understand, I get it. Um, but sometimes you've got to look outside the box a little bit. And you also need to look at what boxes you need ticked yourself on what you're looking for. And, you know, that's one of the big points I made when I was arguing my case. This isn't for every team, certainly. It's only for some teams. But, like, for my team, I want premium points this week. I need a plug-and-play premium guy that can get me 100 this week in centre wing. I'm going to re- be able to replace him with a Brian Toto. Uh, and, and Valentine Holmes next week. Um, so it doesn't really matter to me if I bench him after. But I want I want a guy that I can also keep and maybe play in round 17. So for me, Tubo does tick a lot of boxes. And the fact that nobody else is going to get him in, um, I think that has some appeal, even just looking short-term at, at playing him this week and maybe getting a ton out of him at 4% ownership. You know, I'm, I'm pretty close to just saying I'm going to get him in this week. Would you still get him if uh, Teddy's not playing? Yeah, I would, because uh, I think that their side's still pretty good, um, even without Teddy there. Um, against that Titans matchup, you know, it's it's still going to look okay. Um, they might even put Manu to fullback. Like, maybe that'll happen. And, you know, he's carved up there himself. So, yeah, look, I, I probably still would. I still see them scoring some points there. Um, but Yeah, I just don't like that left half, that left side half option. I don't know if Teddy's out. That's that's just my concern. The Chook's there on that, on that side, mate. Yeah, it's probably a little bit riskier. But, I mean, look, talking about risky guys, uh, last week me and Luke spoke about, look, 
if you had huge balls, a big pod that you probably can't do because Gutherson's there for the buy round. But if Gutho wasn't there, geez, Dufty looks really good for, for this buy round. <laughs> and of course, Dufty absolutely carved up 156 points. It looked like he was going to score even more last week. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a three-round average of 110, a five-round average of 82, and he's on 156, 63, and 111 in his last three. And he's just looked scintillating last week, and he's still playing for a contract. He now comes up against the Bulldogs after carving the Broncos for 156. 644,000 with a 28 BE. But if he carves the Bulldogs this week, uh, that 63 is going to drop out and he's going to have a 156, another ton in his rolling. And he's probably going to end up with a negative BE after that. Uh, he's, he's got a Bulldogs, Raiders and Warriors run. It's really hard because people didn't want to get him last week because of the other fullback options. But he's on fire at the moment and he's playing one of the worst teams in the comp but giving up points to opposing backs that can go big. Is there, you know, a realm of possibility that you'd say, look, I missed Dufty last week. He's a gun. He's averaging 77 points this year. I'll just get him in for these next three weeks and I'll trade him out at a big profit after getting some good points and get a buy round guy in or I'll just trade him post buy when I know these guys like Teddy and Turbo are going to keep playing. Yeah, look, mate. Hindsight's a great thing. If you can't back yourself to buy a guy like that when he's playing, when he's playing what the, the Broncos, um, in a buy round, why would anyone trade him the week when Turbo and Teddy and those guys are back and are likely to score twice as much anyway? I I just don't see the logic at the moment. Even though, even, but do you see yeah. that? You see Teddy and Turbo back though. I I don't think either of them are going to play. Definitely, there's no way that Turbo plays. Well, no way. Ugh. They need a win. I'm going to say 99 really? percent not playing. He's not playing at fullback. He's playing. He's playing the centers. I know it's Origin, but. He's playing 80 minutes. Manly are like, six at the moment. I don't, I don't see them needing to win that much. They're going to get their only hope of making the top eight and being competitive injured in like round 14. Um, I reckon he plays. I just, I just think they need to win. Uh, 48 hours later, I, I really, really don't see it. Hey, and I did, I did see that NRL physio said that, um, especially hamstrings, high chance of reoccurrence, uh, playing with the short turnaround. So, you know, two days later, I, I really, I've said it a lot of times, I think it's 99% that he's not playing, but interesting. We'll wait and see. I thought you would have been in my boat, but obviously not. Um, so you you don't think there's any way that you could get Dufty in? You think that people should just stick solid? Or do you think that maybe if you wait until the lockout and... I just, I, well, look, Dufty's a nice to have, mate, but you missed a big game already, and... It, I, a guy like Turbo has got a really soft draw coming up. So even if he's out this week, you, you, you're getting rid of his, his next two games. And who's your other fullback? You pretty much already got Teddy or, you, or you've already, or you've already got sort of, um, Gutho who you're not getting rid of. So you're basically out of options to trade out. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen a few people talk about kicking the tires on a, a Teddy out. And so a lot of people certainly got rid of Teddy last week. Um, and some people are talking, you know, if Teddy gets ruled out, and you've got your trade up your sleeve before kickoff on the Saturday for the Roosters' first game on that Saturday, that you look at an alternative option. And, you know, there's still a lot of Teddy Turbo teams, and this is a thing probably that we should talk about when we're considering this. There's a lot of teams that have Teddy and Turbo, didn't trade them out for the buy, and are waiting to see if they both play. So if, if you say get one of them pull out, or maybe you just sit on the Turbo pull out and hope that Teddy plays, but you get to before kickoff and Teddy's not playing, 
you know, you're going to have to get a fullback in to be able to field your 17. Uh, so maybe for those teams, Matt Dufty becomes an option for a few weeks. Well, the draw is soft enough to give him a run, and he, he can use Potalicious still. So if you are looking for a leg up, um, he's one of the few guys that has the ability to do it. Not, not definite, but the ability to do it. Yeah, and I think that that's, that, that's one of the things that uh, some teams are going to have to either make a call on getting a, a Dufty or a Gutho. I think those are probably going to be your choices if you've got a Teddy Turbo combo and both of them end up pulling out. If that happens, you're going to have to make a trade unless you're going to cop an AE, which I don't think a lot of teams can handle. So very interesting, but Dufty deserved a discussion because he's absolutely killing it at the moment and he's a bona fide gun at 77 points a game at the moment on average. Uh, Rapana is quietly a gun this year, Billy. And he's one that we haven't really put the spotlight on, but he is going to play that round 17 by. He's back for the Raiders this week, and he's playing the Broncos this week, which is a prime matchup. After the Broncos, he hits the Dragons and the Titans. Um, so it's a pretty good run of games. In the round 17 game as well that he is going to play, he plays Manly, who aren't going to have Turbo 2 and aren't going to have DCE. So it's actually a really good four weeks when you look at it that way. He's averaged 63 points a game this year. Um, so... Obviously, the last few years, his, his gun status fell off a cliff. In 2017, he was a 71-point gun. He was really great. Everyone loved to have him. And then he went down to 53, 45, and 42. Shot back up to 63 points a game across a 10-game sample size, which is pretty decent. Raw base, not so good at 26, um, but he's got his tackle breaks going still. And he's been scoring a lot of tries. You know, he's didn't score a try his last game against the Roosters, and, and Campbell were pretty poor, and he only scored 23. Um, but the, the four weeks before that, he went 65, 67, 106, and 75, and he scored four tries across that time as well. So he's certainly been going decent. Um, aside from his 23, his next lowest was 38, and everything else was at least 46-plus. So he hasn't really had many low games out of his 10. Uh, 60% of the time, he's gone 60-plus, which isn't bad for a centre wing. 537,000. He does have 118 BE, so you probably wouldn't want to be getting him this week, but... He's actually a gun this year, Billy, and I haven't seen many people talk about it. Uh, and that means that round 17, he, he could actually end up being a bit of a premium option if Canberra keep it together. Yeah, that's it's because number one, he's got that massive break-even this week. Number number two, although he's he's got some decent tackle bust there, it's not like the numbers of old. And you've got to remember, if you have a look at, them, if you have a look at his runs, he's not actually taking that many runs. And plus, he's on he's on the left side now too, not 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 the right side. So he's been he's been relying on um, basically a try per week. So I just don't want to back that. He's he's an option for round seventeen, obviously. But I think given how many limited spots we have at service three quarter, I think everyone's going to have like your um your Suwali will be one. Lots will have Johnston. That's two. Um, lots have basically enough in Burbo, that's three. Um, so you're only going to have an extra couple of options up your sleeve. You're going to have to decide, look, do you want to get him in or do you want to go for the guys like, uh, save that, save that last spot for the guys like, uh, you know, Thompson when he comes back or Garrick or Holmes or who are your final two? So for me, it's going to be, look, I think I'll just wait for the other, one of the other guys. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your makeup for round 17. I definitely think that he's on the, the short list of center wing targets for round 17 though to consider. Uh, and I do, uh, I, I don't think that he's great to trade in this week because 118 BE and is expensive, but it wouldn't surprise me if he throws up uh, at least 80 points against that Broncos side this week playing at home at GIO. I think that he's definitely scoring a try, that's for sure. Um, let's move on from the gun talk, Billy, and let's go on to the bargain bin. Now, there's a couple of bargains this week. 
I don't want to sound biased here, but both of them are the Roosters. I'm just going to put it out there straight away. But one of the guys that I am uh, was looking at this week, because I could use my bank along with someone who I really need to neck like a, a blore because they're an, an AE nightmare and not getting the time, and I just need to get rid of them to clean up my side, um, is a Takiyaho, who is now under 400,000. But in saying that, his minutes have started to come back to normalcy. He's basically played uh, 49 minutes a game the last two weeks on average, uh, which is a lot better than what he was doing before. Scored not outstanding, but a 53-point average over the last couple of weeks as well. Obviously, his ribs have been healing and everything else, but at under 400,000 with the injuries that the Roosters have as well and the fact that they're going to be playing that by, um, he's he's starting to ripen as a bit of a, a purchase, as a value purchase now with a BE of 49. Yeah, the minutes, minutes are just a little bit too low for me still with him, but I'd, I'd, I'd almost much much rather, not a base price, but someone that really cheap to throw up sort of 40 points swing, unless he goes back to sort of 55 minutes. So I'm not really too interested in him because it's it's a lot of money and a trade for one game. i got no doubt that his, um, his minutes are going to be fine the rest of the way. Like they were just waiting for him to get healthy, and they don't they can't afford not to play him. Decent minutes, and I mean, surely you'd be happy just to keep him there as a third or fourth front row forward. Well, oh, I, I just don't think Papa Lee or um, uh, Tavita Pengai are, are going to sort of. They're not really sort of injury prone guys. They, I'd just be happy to sort of keep them there, and if they end up sort of hit, hitting the brick wall and getting injured and worrying about it later with the trade, I'd much rather save the trade to really bolster the. the um, the seventh three quarter and the second rowers now. Just fill, fill those last couple of spots and then keep everything up the sleeve to, you know, loop, loop the shit out of those uh, gun guys. Well, at the moment, you're looking at zero players for round 17, so... Because <laughs> you don't want to get anyone in for round 17, apparently. Oh, and I'm just going off for quantity over... Sorry, quality over quantity. That's all. I haven't even had a drink tonight. I'm going dry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there isn't many. I mean, the thing is, this is what it comes down to, though. Like, you can say in a vacuum, "Oh, look, I, I don't really, I, I don't really think that he's the best option." Um, with whether it's a Takiyaho or some of these other guys, but if you want to be competitive in that round seventeen buy, you've got to bite the bullet on some of these oh, yeah. guys. Oh yeah, you know, and you've got to pick, you've got under, to pick some of them. And he's he's like under yeah, four hundred thousand. You know, name the guys like Nick Arima and Sean Johnson. I just want to get like you know four or five guys that can potentially go eighty nine hundred each and just score six hundred off seven players. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well. Look, when we're talking about front row forwards, um, and we'll do a better buy planning episode in the coming weeks around 17 as we get closer, but, I mean, you've basically got Tapao, um, Thompson at the Dogs, and Takiyaho as the, the premium options and really the, the main options that you can kind of rely on and options that you can keep there. Um, in the background, this is backup if you need to, and that's what I'm sort of looking at. The, the difference is, though, mate, when you're looking at those guys, they're like one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars more than Takiyaho. So when you're talking about not investing in front row forward, which I, you know, I'm halfway there with you. I don't want to invest in, you know, backup front row forwards too much either. But I do need one for round seventeen. I'd rather pay three hundred ninety-eight k for Takiyaho than than chump up another hundred fifty for these other guys. Well, I think you're missing my point there a little bit. I'm not going to have a front row forward at all for round seventeen. That's what I'm saying. None. None. All right. I don't want. Right. I, don't, I, I don't want to spend money on any of those guys at all. All right. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, Takiyaho is going to average 60 for the rest of the way from round 14 onwards. 
possibly. I just don't want to trade uh, him in for one round for that because I won't play him for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up playing him because I think that guys will get suspended especially um, as well as go down. So I'll, I like that depth. Um, but that's all right. We can agree to disagree on Takiyahu. 398k, I reckon he's a bargain. Uh, and I'm going to be looking at him in the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, other guys that are a bargain, well, one other guy anyway, he's a bargain because, you know, Joey Manu at the Roosters can be a really good super coach player, but it's normally when he's out of position. It's normally when he either plays one or six. His last game at six, he scored 82 points and looked sensational. Um, he, we've all we've gone through his, his scores at one before. He, he basically averages, you know, 80 plus in the number one jersey. In the number four jersey, when he's a centre, he's not as good. Um, it's just <laughs> really, it's just really annoying for Supercoach. Because in, in real life, he's a great centre. You know, he's one of the best centres, but he just doesn't produce Supercoach points. He never has. For but he's some, now. But he's, he's not. He's not even a hog, and for some reason, he just just doesn't even get any assist to the right winger. The ball just completely cuts him out. Yeah, it does. He, he just look. He and he's happy to be a cog in the machine too. He's a really good team player. You know, only 33% of his scores this year are 60-plus. But he's now only 372,000. And like I said, he's a chance of playing one this week against the Gold Coast Titans if Teddy pulls out. Uh, Maybe a chance of playing six, depending on how they want to do it. Uh, He did play six last time. Um, And he's going to play around 17 against the Bulldogs in probably one or six as well in that game. So he does have some appeal as a cheap plug-and-play. Definitely a guy that you can sort of leave... In the background of your centre wings as a last resort rotation guy for the year, but he doesn't score very well at centre, so hard to play him. But against sides like the Broncos in round 22 and so forth, you know, there's a big argument to just plug him in. Where do you sort of stand on him? He's dead set one of those guys that, not guys that the Broncos or or someone should, or Dragons or someone should actually chase, throw the money at him. Forget, forget his centre ability. He's a guy that can play one or six very, very well. He's certainly done nothing at four, apart from being a decoy. But to answer your question, um, like, yeah, unless he's going to play more than two or three games in those other positions, not really interested in him because he, look, maybe at his price, if he, if he can get him, um, if he plays fullback this week, and then maybe if he plays six or, or one during that, um, during that bye game when Teddy's not there, maybe even another game when Teddy gets rested at the end of the year, I, I can certainly see the value in him. Yeah, he's probably going to give you 80, 90 points type of thing. Um, but 372k is very cheap, and I think that's where it comes into it. I mean, there is there is some teams out there, Billy, who didn't go massive at the buy last week, um, held a lot of Origin players, and are going to be in a position this week where maybe they don't have an, a lot of money, um, and they're going to have to get players into play. And I think if you're in that position, he's actually a really good purchase because he's probably going to be in the price range at 370k as a cheap option to buy. Uh, and he's a guy that's going to cover that round 17 by and be a play a few a few games when he's out of position where he's going to score really well. So there's certainly going to be those teams in a lot of trouble this week. They're going to be scouring for those bargains of sort of 250 to 370k type of thing. Um, and he's probably in that bracket as a better one that they could maybe get in. It's going to cover the buy. Yeah, um, if, you're, if you're going to be looking at a player this week, you, you want to be looking at the one, the person who's basically going to be uh, replaced him. So use the uh, Pappenhuis and um, Hines example. That's probably a bit of an extreme one. But yeah, it, it, even even like a Newcastle, like if, 
if, for example, uh, you know, Jaden Bradley um, went down, if you got you know, Watson as your backup hooker, you can pretty much guarantee that Watson's going to come into you know hooker or five eighth or somewhere and play the big minutes. So, yeah. So if if you got Teddy and he's and he's going to be out, you can probably do the cell switcheroo with someone like Martin, like Joseph Barnu as well. Yep. No, I agree. Look, I like him in the right circumstances. I definitely think that he's value though, and that's the biggest thing with him. You, guys that are buying him, you know, some. Um, you know, new super coaches, especially their eyes are going to light up and go, wow, Joseph Manu, he's not a slam dunk. He's not a great super coach player. Never has been, probably never will be, but he's a guy that's value. So he's only in 6% of teams at the moment. Get him for the value if you can't afford anyone else. And then you can play him in the buy round. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really good final third of the season when a few of his games are going to be out of position. So he's definitely going to perform better than what he has the first half of the season. Let's move on, Billy, because I want to talk about pods. Everybody loves pods. Alex Johnson, we've already mentioned him a couple of times. Um, He's a pretty popular one to have a look at and completely understand why. He's coming in at a reasonable price of 462000 with a zero BE, um, coming off 154 points against power in round 12, having the buy-off. Obviously, that's the good stuff. The bad stuff is he's got a 19 base, and before he's 154, he went 22, 50 with a try, and 21. So he does have those real low scores. Um, he's got three in the 20s this year already, and one as a 13 in the teens out of his 12 games. So he's yeah a third of the time going absolutely abysmal. And that's why I was saying earlier, I, I want Alex Johnson for the next month. Um, I don't want to keep him after that because I don't want those 13s, 21s and 22s and 26s in there as an AE for me later on. But the good thing is that he does have that draw and he does play the bye. Newcastle, Broncos, Tigers, North Queensland Cowboys, Bulldogs, Warriors, Dragons, you know, they've got a really good couple of months of footy coming up and he's going to score tries. So he looks like a pretty decent purchase. Um, I am worried for that last month or so of the season to have him in my side, but... Pretty good purchase this week, um, but I don't think he's going to be a pod for much longer because he looks like he's going to be pretty popular at the moment. Yeah, he's already got some decent ownership already. Those last that last four weeks, though, I wouldn't even bother, mate. You're just not going to play by then. So it's the next seven weeks you want him. So he does need to score uh, score tries in order to score points. Although lots of wingers do, his draw says he's basically going to do it without even going on the park. Just be prepared for the fact that look, he might score none this this week. Um, that he might score sort of four, four next week, but you're probably going to get that 70 average over sort of six or seven weeks. Yeah, look, I can see it happening over the next uh, over the next six weeks, especially. I can see him going well and getting that 70 average. I think I agree with you there. I guess segueing a little bit, that works for classic overall players. The the classic head to head players, though, um, I'm going to throw a bit of a cautionary tale out there that you're not going to know when to play him. Um, as such, because he's not that reliable, and it means that you are going to maybe lose head-to-heads over the next six or seven weeks, having him in your side and playing him, because you're not going to know when he's going to throw up that dud score. Bulldogs, when he played them last time, and that's coming up, he scored 33 against them earlier this season. Uh, the Tigers, who are coming up, who you'd expect him to have scored really well against, he scored 26 against. The other two games that he scored low were, were really tough ones, but... That just sort of shows that those slam dunk games that you think that he's going to score multiple tries and have a really good game, like the Dogs and the Tigers who are coming up, he may not. And that's what I really don't like about him as well. It's he, He's not a slam dunk by any means. Uh, he's just one of those guys that, you know, 
you can not only when you're score 20 and then you're laughing your head off because you're up sort of 30, 40 points with anyone else and then one round he scores 160 and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, why is that? Why is the one person I'm not owned have to, have to score that many? Then you go and look at his ownership and it's 18% and all of a sudden you realise that, you know, it's, it's the 18% of coaches in front of you because everyone in the back 50% gave up sort of six rounds ago. So I guess just a bit of food for thought, but I do like him. I mean, he's only 12% ownership at the moment. You know, even with people jumping on, you'll probably only go up to 18% or something like that. So, I mean, it, it's still still likely to give you some good points, Billy. And you can hit a big ton where he does go on a you know, four-try bonanza one of those games, maybe. And if it's in the bye round against the Cowboys, you're laughing that round. Yep, he, he's exactly one of those guys. And if I don't get him, I'll probably be very frustrated in the bye round, but I'm going to have to wait and see. I'm not sure on him yet. But how we're in Naira... Uh, is the next guy, and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with him for that buy round. He's coming at round seven, starting 80 minutes, and he's been 80-minute second rower for the last six games ever since he came in. And he's managed to average 64 points, which is really solid. Only 465,000 with a B of 19. He's very affordable. Uh, I wasn't huge on him when he came back because his first three games, he went 45, 65, 43. And in those games, his raw base was 37, 31, and 35. So a guy averaging 34 in raw base and about 53 points a game in his first three games back, I really was not interested too much, aside from having a look towards the buy. The last three weeks, though, he's really he's really flipped the switch. He's gone 90, 69, and 71. Only one try in that. And his raw base average across that time is around 54. And that's a hell of a lot better uh, than what he was doing in the three games before. So certainly, Billy, if CHN is going to be his last three games going forward, he's a slam dunk by at 465k. If he reverts to the other CHN, he's, he's not going to be. But his matchups, playing on an edge against the Broncos at GIO Stadium down at Canberra, that's a big tick for this week. The Dragons, the Titans, and then Manly, who are going to be decimated from origin in that buy round. So as far as cheap second rowers go, uh, I think CHN's a really good look at the moment. Yeah, I'm getting him this week for those exact reasons that you spoke about. I really like um, his work rate over the last three weeks. Um, I think it was Dez that might have got him in a few weeks ago, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah, Dez was really keen on him. I had to play him in head to head, and he had CHN. Oh, uh, I was. I remember thinking, why would you get? Why would you get him? I know he's at a big price, but. The way Sticky was doing the rotation is you couldn't guarantee he was going to get 80 minutes. And then all of a sudden, he basically turned into one of the very few guys that was actually performing and, and did get 80 minutes. So, um, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. He's basically doing what what we expected him to do at the, at the beginning of the year until he ended up getting suspended and ruining uh, everyone's 350 kind of mid-price gun to start the year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was, it was a bit frustrating when he when he when he, uh, when he came back and we kind of figured at that price he's going to be rotated everywhere. But yeah, the fact that he's getting the 80 minutes now and throwing up those base numbers, it's pretty much an easy, an easy buy. Yeah, it is. And I mean, some of the other concerns that I had for him was uh, his errors and also his missed tackles. I thought that there's a chance that Sticky might dump him. Um, that's still there. I mean, his his last game he had two penalties, one error, um, a couple of missed tackles. Yeah, he's the game before, I think he had half a dozen missed tackles. That's a negative on it, but I think with the turmoil and stuff that the uh, the Raiders have had and the different player revolts and whatever, guys like Tap, Tapani are, 
are sort of on the nose. They're not going to come straight back in and replace someone like him or push him out of the pack to start with. Uh, I think that he's kind of solidified it a little bit more, so I'm slightly more comfortable with that. But if you just look at the numbers, Billy, that, that last game against the Roosters where he scored 90, you know, it was his best score of the year and he didn't have a try. He did have a line break, but he did it with two offloads and nine tackle breaks. You don't need to read the numbers. Being like, I don't know. I was just trying to figure um, figure out which players had been out because there might have been some Horsberg and Hudson and those those uh, those those sort of guys in the background that might have been uh, making making a few waves as to the uh, the minutes. Yeah, it definitely you know has been a bit like that, but they've, they they have had games now where they've all been back and he's still solidified his spots. So he's I think that he's there to stay now. I'm a bit more comfortable with it. Um, he's he's pretty much averaging like. Since he's been starting, it's something like five tackle breaks a game or pretty close to it yeah, and close to two good. offloads a game. So his base attacks, just it's been where we, we expect it to be. And Bateman, Bateman was always an 80-minute player. He's been playing the right, so... Yeah, I, I like him, especially if, you, if you're under a budget and you need to get someone in that's going to cover that round 17. Um, Raymond is your one. You sort of raised him. I was going to talk about him, but then didn't want to talk about too many, and I, I don't like him that much, so I was going to skip him, but you really wanted to talk about Big Jesse. Um, I understand why, because he's coming off 124 points, and <laughs> he has been playing really well. Like, I'll give it to him. He's, he's scoring 67 points a game. Uh, his last... 80-minute uh, games, 124, 70, 88, 64. The problem is that he's only got four 80-minute games this year because he sort of gets hurt every one to three games. Uh, and I guess that's a big concern with him, right? He's he's a 510,000 centre wing that's been getting double-digit tackle breaks, um, been going really well with the base, but you don't know whether yeah. he's going to stick around and be there in round 17, mate. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. And that's the thing that I wanted to raise, too. Like, I really enjoy his tackle breaks and his work rate at the moment. But as soon as you mentioned you didn't like him, I thought, oh, I'll go back and have a bit more of a look. And I didn't realise how sort of injury-prone he was because I've, I've never really sort of owned, owned him or even sort of looked at him in the past. But... If you go back and have a look at his numbers last year, they're pretty horrific. <laughs> he, uh, look, before this year, and this is a small sample size, before this year he was a shit super coach player for like three years and people were giving him way too much credit compared to his output. Yeah, sorry, I'm frustrated there. <laughs> <laughs> Already? We didn't even get to debate it. <laughs> yeah, I know, because as soon as he said he was shit, I dug into it a little bit more and realised his sample size is generally more than sort of four or five games. So I, uh, yeah, I went back to last year and thought, you know what? It's, it is the Sharks, too. They don't really have it much, not much attack. So there is, there is a propensity for upside, but it's the Sharks, and I don't think they're going to, they're going to be the team to offer it. So I just kind of figured, you know what, for 100 grand cheaper or whatever it was cheaper, I can just go Alex Johnson that everyone else is going for that has a guaranteed uh, seven-game soft draw and plays on the left wing, which is uh, every football is naturally right to left pretty much. So he just needs to catch and run a couple. And I've kind of figured... That, that's basically 15 tackle busts for Ramian. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I get why people are looking, and to give give Ramian a bit of credit, like that last game that he played for 124, it only had one try, two line breaks, one line break assist, but it had 13 tackle breaks and four offloads. It was just massive work rate, and he has been able to do that a little bit. Like, he has managed to have some, some really high tackle break numbers and some good offloads. His base attack has been huge, so... If he were to keep that up, Billy, which he hasn't for the last three years, but if for some reason he does, and you know he ends up being a really good purchase, I just think there's way too much risk that one, he's not going to go to it and he's going to revert to the mean, and number two, he's just not going to make it to round 17 healthy yeah. or not suspended. 
and I think I think it was a sixty six break even, or I think or something some, some, some yeah. mid range, yeah, yeah. So not 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 break break the bank type. I kind of figured not just nick and wait a week two. And he the the only other reason why I was thinking about doing it was because you know the, the amount of outs this this week from my origin. I kind of thought, well, he, he's in with a chance. Maybe he might score something. Now I just kind of figured, you know what? It's still the Panthers. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, speaking about just Joan, uh, what about Sean Johnson? He's the next one on the list, and I mean, he's he coming up against. Ukraine. Yeah, he's well, he is, but I mean, he's he's back now, and he's played the last four games. Uh, I thought that he looked a lot more himself against the Titans as well. Ended up scoring seventy-one against the Titans, looked a, a lot better. Uh, he's five hundred thousand with a ninety-four be, so you can certainly leave him this week. Uh, but there are going to be teams that maybe you know, are going to be short a six this week and are going to be looking or definitely looking towards the bye. After this Penrith game, the Sharks have the Cowboys, Broncos, then the Warriors in that bye round, and then they hit the Raiders and the Dogs up until round 19 where they've got a really plush draw that are going to probably have some good super coach points in it. So he's someone to, to have a look at. I've got him under a big balls pod. You know, these are our big pods that we're talking about now, uh, much, much riskier pods. He could pay off over the next month of footy. Uh, but it is—it's a really risky one. Yeah, I just think he's more of a coverage option rather than a little stoke the fire. It's going to kill him running and score 150 because that game versus the Titans, he looked really, really good. When you go and have a look at the at the, at the uh, SC output, <laughs> there was like assist, 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 oh, 71 after updates. So it wasn't really it wasn't really really too much in the numbers. So I'm, I'd be more. Although he looks a lot better, I'd still be more, uh, really concerned about the output I'm going to get. So probably more around sort of 17 by 40, I think. Yep, yep. Fair call. Um, massive Smokey Campbell Graham is one of my faves. Was last year because he had a massive run for that last third that I loved. He's not gone as well this year, but very quietly he's ended up with some really solid base still. 36 raw base. I believe that's number one out of centre wings at the moment. 489,000. He's a 19th man in origin, so he will get to play for his club for sure. Um, he's coming up against Newcastle, which the not, the Eels absolutely blitzed on that edge, absolutely killed them. And then after that, it's the Broncos, Tigers, and the rest of that awesome uh, South Straw, including round 17, which, you know, if the Blues get an injury, he's going to go in, potentially. But if it stays how it is, then he's, he's going to be free to play that round 17 by. He's a real smoky Billy, but 36 raw base is great. He normally scores a lot more tries, and he's only got two so far in his 10 games. With the draw coming up, I'm expecting him to start crossing the line. So I do think that um, he's a real big balls pod, but he's one that could go on a tear like he did the last third of last year. So I'm going to mention him because round 17 is coming up. He could be in it. Uh, yeah, I got lucky. I had a um, I had about three rocks any time try scorer a few weeks ago, but that, the only reason I did that is because that was, that was the game that, um, what do you call it, um, Walker went to fullback, and I kind of figured, you know what, Walker's at fullback, they're not going to be sweeping left all day, so hopefully Reynolds gets a little bit more of the ball, and they go right, and yeah, luckily, luckily that was one of the games where he should have went out of the line, so Walker's back at six, so I think they sweep left a lot a lot more now, and he gets a lot less ball. Um, if he does get close to the line, it's only going to take a short ball from Reynolds, because the guy's, the guy's massive. Um, he, 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 <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw it, but there was a Matt, Matt, Matty Johns after the after the game last week when they were in the Origin camp, 
referring referring yep. to him as a serial killer. Somebody just just six foot eight just looks like he's gonna stab you. <laughs> but, um, look, he's certainly a unit. Um, I think he, he's gonna go on that sort of tear again towards the end of the season. Except, I just I just wouldn't want to back on back it right now. I just I just think if you're gonna go with, go, go with the buddies, he gets a soft draw. They're just gonna keep sweeping left. I would prefer to go um, go a guy like Campbell Graham when, it, when the buddies are up uh, up against the uh, Chooks or Melbourne have a tough fight and you know he's going to get to the 40, 45 points in base and hopefully just barges over for one. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a real polar opposite on the two South options in that back line, isn't it? The centre wing options. Like you've got Alex Johnson who is going to give you a terrible floor but has a really big upside. Whereas Campbell Graham's going to give you a really, really steady floor and you can play him every week, but he's not going to give you that 150-point game. So it really probably depends on what you want. Campbell Graham's got no ownership hardly at all, so he's an extreme pod, but he's also not going to get you that 150. But he he has shown that he can go for, you know, four or five weeks scoring sort of 90-ish. He can score doubles, mate. I'm more excited about maybe sort of having a crack at him to score a double in some tough games between now and the end of the year. Get some decent odds. Well, to finish off the pods, on the risky big ball section, we got Jack Bird as well. And he's risky just because who knows what's going to happen with old Jack Bird. But he did start in the number 12 jumper on the weekend. Finally, he got put how into the back row. Finally. Slow, how slow did he look? You see when he had that breakaway? Oh, Here look, we go. Mate, he ran his rally backwards. He's been a forward for several years. Like he, he needed to just let teams put him in the back row. But he scored really well. Obviously got a try. Um got 93 points, which was great. But the big deal about it was that he had 48 in raw base, which is really good to see. And he does have a bit of an offload tackle break in his game. So if he can keep going with the 48 raw base um, and he keeps starting in the back row, he's going to be a bit of value. And he's obviously a guy that you can put in your centre wing as a second row centre wing dual. 434,000 with a 34 BE. He's pretty cheap. Um, he's playing the Bulldogs this week. He could go well against that edge and then has the Raiders and the Warriors, but he doesn't play around 17. Does that change with, um, with, uh, what, what's it, what do you call it, Debellin back though and Jackson maybe looking for home? Or do you think they both play 13 still? No, I don't think it changes. Um, it's, Bird's, Bird's on the edge. Um, I think just Debellin can come in and start at 13 or even start at prop. Uh, so I think it'll throw out the middle rotation. I certainly think that Ford will be the one that misses out, but. Uh, I don't think it'll affect Bird. It'll just be a, a matter of whether Griffin wants to persist with Bird in the pack or, or he wants to move him back out the centre, I think. Well, he's certainly better than Corey Oates, although just as slow. <laughs> Maybe slower, I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it just because it's he, he could get moved. Um, he's pretty inconsistent. I don't think we've seen enough of him yet. Maybe post round 17. You know, if he's killing it, then you just pay that extra money and just have a second row in your centre wing for that run home. I, I think that's probably a better time than taking the risk now. Well, you know what they say, a bird in hand. Oh, Billy, the king of the pun. Let's move on to the games, mate. So this round is going to be a really important one, I think, for VCNC, because there's going to be a lot of teams, I think, that are probably going to have a, a, a free swing, don't you reckon, that are probably going to only have 17 runners in the end, and they're going to knock up an AE, so it's going to probably work out pretty well for the VC. Yeah, we'll see how this one goes. I think Burbo's going to... I think Burbo will get a few more minutes this time, although... um. Not really, not really sure his starting material. The kid's only young, but he um, he certainly went looking for the, looking for the ball that ninety seconds he was on the field, didn't he? What what, what did he hit up? Yeah, was, uh, if that small sample size could be extrapolated into fifty minutes, he would have had a really big game. But <laughs> you know, correct. Well, 
I'm not, I'm not that bad, mate. I was just happy for the kid. Just more more annoyed for myself. 60 seconds away from not having him go on the field, all of a sudden there's a try. And, oh, well, let's just chuck him on. The game's gone now. It was kind of like, no! <laughs> well, the Seagulls play the Cowboys in the very first game. Um, so that's how quick that... Uh... That Turbo and DC have to back up. They've got a six o'clock kickoff against the Cowboys. VC and C options. Obviously, if Turbo is named, do you think that you would VC him against the Cowboys? Do you think that he's going to be fine backing up 48 hours later, or you reckon he might be a bit tired and you can't really go for the VC on it? I reckon he might be a bit tired, but it's the Cowboys, so I reckon they'd make it worthwhile for him. Mm, yeah, I'm, I, I still don't think he'll play, but he's definitely got to be discussed as an option. I, I don't think that I'd do it. Well, there's no one else you could do in that game. No, there isn't. He's the one guy that you'd go for. I mean, unless you thought that Holmes was going to... If if there is no Turbo and DCE, if both of those guys end up out and Holmes plays, I actually think the Cowboys will win, uh, and that becomes a bit interesting for maybe a VC Holmes because Manly might actually get pumped a little bit without those guys. Yeah, and uh, I, I just couldn't put the VC on um, Garrick without Turbo in the team anyway. So if Turbo's in there, he's your VC. If he's not in there, basically rules out Garrick. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, better the week on top sport for this one. You can pull the line out on the Cowboys. They're at plus 8.5 at the moment, but you can get that out to plus 10.5 and, and it comes down to $1.75 still. $1.75 to give him a 10.5 start, I think is fantastic odds, because like I said, I think that you can take a punt on one of Turbo DC not playing, and I'm pretty sure that Turbo won't play. Like, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. So I would even say a smoky bet, Billy. I'll throw th- at $3.10, I'll throw on the Cowboys now, in the hope that Turbo and DC pull out. Yeah, you can have some um, smoky bets, can't you? No, knowing that there's going to be some uh, mixed results later on. Uh, Sharkies and Panthers is the next one. Uh, Sharks are going to be unaffected by Origin, whereas the Panthers are going to have half a dozen potentially out. What are they? What are they straight out right now? The Sharkies are two dollars ninety on Top Sport. <sighs> but you can do almost the same thing, um, plus ten and a half, and you're going to get a dollar seventy-two. So oh, that's that's my bet already on Top Sport. Dollar seventy-two for the Sharkies at a ten and a half start. Ah. Oh. I just wish all the parents would name so you can get bigger odds and then have them collapse. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a really interesting question on the Supercoach side of it for this game. Obviously, they're in the the 21 jersey down to the 18 jersey as far as clearing Lua and stuff. Yeah. I sort of see that as them not wanting to play them uh, and just sort of putting them there just to have them there. Maybe if they you know, really pull up well or, or something or want to put a few in, but I think it looks pretty positive for them to be out. I wanted to play that because I got Burton and his passing game was rubbish. He just kept kicking. I want Luai in there so he can give a short ball to Burton because he's not a fucking seven, that's for sure. <laughs> not a what I saw. Well, I think that Liam Martin is, is probably the most likely to, to jump in and to back up. Um, I think if they want to play one of the halves, they'd probably put Luai in uh, and they'd rest Cleary. What do you reckon the dogs would do in watching that game? <laughs> you, reckon you, reckon you reckon they were licking their lips last week or going, oh, happy, <laughs> happy backflips? Uh, I think that they, I think they still like him. Look, he, he's, he needs a few games. He needs a few games in there at the halves to sort of get him, his feet under him. But look, this game, if Cleary does play, you know, it is against the Sharks, which you'd expect them to towel up. Again, the the 48-hour turnaround. Do you do you put the VC on him? Do you put? Are you bold enough to put the C on him against the Sharks? Oh, no. God, no. VCS, C, no. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is that people aren't really talking about is that you can have a real in-between game, right? So maybe he comes in and he plays the first 50 minutes and then all of a sudden he gets benched. You know, I could very much... If, I don't think that Cleary will play, but if he does play, I could definitely see him playing 50 or 60 minutes and then getting benched and rested. Uh, if, if, I can't see it happening after 50 minutes, maybe 65. Yeah, it, uh, oh, I don't know. It probably depends on how they're going. Uh, I'm going to stay away. Uh, I'm just going to make the call. I'm staying away on the VC and C on those ones. But the the Titans and Roosters is the next one. And this is a really interesting one because Teddy has carved up the Titans in the past. Um, it is that little bit extra rest where it's on the Saturday. Uh, he's an obvious C option normally or VC option normally. Um, would you look at either of those for him if he's named and he's playing at the moment? He's a named starting number one. It would have to be a change for him to come out of the team. It would have to be a VC for Teddy because there was obviously the um, the injury concern with him going into Origin, and uh, I'm not sure where where I read the post, but they said something about him obviously needling up to Origin just just to uh, get through it. So the fact that he has to, to do that for Origin, um, not really sure about him backing up, but. Roosters must be confident if they're actually listing him in the one jersey, unless they're just playing more, playing more mind games as opposed to Cleary, who's just going, nah, none of my guys are backing up. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that they'll rest him. Uh, Robbo's normally pretty cautionary, but if he does play, um, he's probably going to be my VC this week. I like it against the Titans. Um, the the top spot better the week for this one. Daniel Tupo, $1.60 anytime try. Love that one. Uh, I'm going straight in for Toops. Fourth game. We have the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Newcastle Knights. Now, Billy, with this one, uh, I think that if you've got a Cody Walker coming in, you could very easily throw the VC on him against this one. I was I was really impressed with what your Eels did against the Knights, but the Knights were also just really poor, uh, and those edges just got carved to shreds. I can see someone like Cody turning up this week. So I'm if I don't put the VC on Teddy, I'm, I'm definitely putting it on, on Cody Walker. It's That was the sort of decision that I had. I sort of wanted to see Cody Walker if Teddy played, but I don't know if I've got the balls for that one. But, geez, he looks like a prime option in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one, mate. I think um, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there, mate. I don't have anything to add on that one apart from, yeah, it could be a carve-up. Well, if you think it's going to be a carve-up, top sport, uh, minus 17.5 points, ninety for the Rabbits. Uh, I think that they will absolutely put the Newcastle Knights to the sword, so I really like that. Yeah, rolled into Johnson for trouble then. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders Broncos is the next game uh, on the Saturday to finish off Super Saturday, and this one's probably got no C or VC options in it, Billy. Um, I don't think that you. I, I could see the Raiders doing doing a job on the Broncos at GIO Stadium, but they just don't have those big game breakers to consider in this one, so we'll probably have to just move on, hey? You, if you're one of those people that got Rapana, he's probably uh, an extreme left-field option. Yeah, I'm probably going to VC Rapana in my draft side, actually. Um, so I, I do have Rapana and I'll VC him in my draft team, um, and that's probably a, a good way to VC him. But yeah, he's a bit of a left-field one. Certainly if you're chasing... Um, and you need to change your head-to-head. He's a he's a real left-field option. Uh, I do like the Raiders in this one, um, and I like being able to pull them at minus 4.5 and, and, and get a dollar sixty-two odds for it. So that's my bet for this one. But if you like Rapana as well, uh, you can get really good odds for him to, to score a try on Top Sport. Uh, so Top Sport have got him as any time a try score at any point in the game for a dollar sixty-three, which is pretty decent, and I reckon he's going over. 
Well, it's pretty good. Next game of the round is Warriors and the Storm. Warriors traditionally go pretty well against the Storm. We don't really know. This one's a bit harder, isn't it, Billy? Because the earlier games, you, can, you kind of expect some guys not to back up. But when you get to the Sunday games, it's a real, like, the guys definitely can back up. They've got enough time off. But you just don't know what the coaches are going to be thinking. And Bellamy certainly can look at resting guys. Do you think that Grant and Munster, considering that they're coming off injuries to play an Origin game the first time in sort of three or four weeks of footy, he's going to push them to play on the Sunday? Because that seems like a big a big push. No, no, I wouldn't think so. If they were healthy before this, then probably. Maybe leaves it up to them to make the decision on Sunday morning. But... um. Nah, mate. Grant's coming back from injury. Munster's coming back back from injury. Queensland need him. That's the only reason they're sort of playing. Um, I I can't see him pushing him, mate. Particularly in their spot too. They don't, they don't need to win. Well, Nico Hines has been named in the one jersey, and perhaps he's still gone. Uh, Nico was so disappointing last week. He only had seventy three points, Billy. What's going on? That's like a thirteen for normal players. Yes, correct. Piss off, you and your fucking gutho. <sighs> <laughs> well, seriously, him and him and Jerome Hughes uh, look like decent options again this week. But Nico Hines this week, he's a starting one again. Everyone's forgotten that before he's 73 last week, he went 156, 138, and 182. He threw 98 points up against the Warriors in round seven. So does, does he become a, just a C option if you're going to VC some of those early ones? I, I really think that he is. Yeah, I did, I did that last week, mate. I kind of figured, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to be clever. I don't want to. I don't want to risk it. I'm just going to go VC Burton straight out C on Hines, thinking he'll he'll score at least a hundred if he has a rubbish game. But no, everyone's human. Although I'll tell you what, he didn't really do much. But still scored seventy one. So um, I think if you really got um, Gutherson, you really got to have have a crack at him versus the Tigers, particularly because Eels and Tigers games are are always extremely high-scoring affairs from both teams. Um, so if you actually own uh, Nofo and um, what's, his, what's his name, uh, Dewey, I'd be playing both those guys this week. I wouldn't be too concerned about the Eels. It's only if you play Storm or sort of Roosters, I'd be worried about those guys. So, so, so maybe you could go a VC Hines and a C Gutho if all those other guys sort of pull out that are premium options earlier. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, depends on... Um, Depends on Burbo, mate. That's the only thing. But I'll probably end up doing it anyway. I just I just think Gutho at Bank West versus the Tigers is probably a little bit less risky than sort of um, uh, Hines. Top sport better of the week on this one. Uh, Nico Hines hasn't been scoring a huge amount of tries, but I really like him this week to have a bit of a bounce back. So dollar eighty for him to score. Uh, I'm going in for that one on this game. But the next game's got a few different options, and that is that Eels versus Tigers matchup that you spoke of, Billy. Uh, obviously, Sebo had a massive game last week. I think that he's going to have a big one again. Like he went like 107, 119 last week. I could see him backing up with another ton, but like you said, it's it's just too it's just too much to put the C on him. But someone like Gutherson, he looked really good, really active, and he's now got an average of 84 points a game playing against the, the Tigers at Beckwith Stadium. I'm pretty confident that you can put him as a C. He's the second last game. Uh, that's that seems like a pretty no-brainer to me, but maybe Madison's had a resurgence, and if you want a, a bit of a revenge game against his old club, the Tigers, that he walked out on, and you think that he's going to have a more solid score, sort of a, of an 80 plus, then you could have a look at him. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, 
I don't think you're going to have much of a bit, much of an edge this game because that would still rely on sort of Moses turning up, doing something for him, which you know isn't really going to happen. I think I think Mado plays eighty. I think he just doesn't get a ten minute rest. I think he's good for his fifty points in base again, but mate, attack it's probably that's the best Lucio on his side as well. So he probably he's probably probably going to go looking for, looking for Madison's head. So I might actually bench him. <laughs> That bloke scares me. Well, the way that Eels played last week, gee, it's hard not to take him at minus eleven and a half at a dollar ninety as a top sport bet of the week. But unfortunately for the Sebo owners, his his try scoring has come right down to score any time. Um, so he's now into a dollar sixty two, whereas you know top sport had him at some better odds in the prior weeks. But I tell you what, dollar sixty two, you know, uh, it's a dollar forties on sports bet. So that's how much better odds that you get on top sport. Dollar sixty two for Sebo to score a try any time against the Tigers. Take that all day. Billy, the last game to finish up on on the podcast is the Bulldogs versus the Dragons. I would normally say it's a bit of a dead rubber, but if you've got Dufty in your side from last week, or you're bringing him in this week because say Teddy and Turbo both pull out I tell you what, it, it, you, I, even though there's all these other premium options this week, I, I would have to put the C on Dufty based on last week's performance and playing against the Dogs. He's a he's a no-brainer for me, despite the fact this is normally a pretty super coach irrelevant game. Yeah, if you're one of those people that bought him last week, just just ride the wave. I wouldn't be changing that one at all. So top spot better the week for Bulldogs and Dragons. Um, I don't really want to bet on the Dragons at a dollar twenty, and I'm also not going to put it past them to lose to the Dogs. So I'm going to just go for the any type tries. And we already mentioned uh, Dufty, but he's a dollar eighty one, which I think is really good odds for him. Dollar uh, eighty one, and Michaela Ravalawa, who I said was a decent pod last week, around he scored fifty odd. He's still a dollar fifty seven, but he's probably going to go across the stripe for a line, so it's a bit of a lower odds one. But on that note, Billy, we're going to finish up the podcast. Thanks for jumping on again, mate. It's always great to get you on after I beat you in a head to head in a buy round. Yeah, I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> See you, mate. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, appreciate you always tuning into the NRL Supercoach All Sides podcast. I also appreciate you uh, following us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC All Stars where you can follow us as far as downloading and streaming. We are on Spotify, iTunes, and also SoundCloud. Do do a subscribe on those so you can get the episode straight away. But otherwise, make sure that you have a fantastic week. Hope all your trades go well. Hopefully you can all field 17. Hopefully it's a huge round of footy. Great origin game tomorrow night, and we can chat about it all next week again. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey 